I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Fifth and Mission. Las Vegas wins the tip. Here we go, game one. After more than 15 years of waiting, women's basketball is expanding and a new WNBA team is coming to the Bay Area. The expansion team will be part of the Golden State Warriors franchise. Star player Steph Curry gave them a warm welcome. Just want to welcome the WNBA to the Bay Area. Looking forward to having y'all. Can't wait to see y'all thrive at the highest level. Let's get it. Warriors owner Joe Lacob, who has a history of supporting women's basketball, has already made big promises for the team. First press conference of the Warriors says we will win a championship in the first five years. And I'm telling you right now, we will win a WNBA championship in the first five years of this franchise. Women's sports have been flourishing in the Bay Area with fans organizing watch parties and the pro-women's soccer team Bay FC launching in San Jose next year. And the WNBA in particular has enjoyed growing popularity nationwide, with game attendance and TV audiences breaking records in the 2023 season. Chronicle sports columnist Ann Killian is here to tell me how this expansion fits into the Bay Area's history with women's basketball and how the Warriors could help boost the Bay Area's next pro squad. Ann Killian, thank you for talking with me. Thanks for having me. So this is the WNBA's first expansion since 2008, 15 years. What does that expansion mean for women's sports fans? Well, I think what it means is more product and better product. What it means is getting into markets that have been hungry for a team for a while. What's happened in the WNBA since its last expansion and really just in the last five or so years is just a real growth, a real heightened level of professionalism, a real increased valuation of what these teams are worth for sponsors, for corporate America. It's just it's really a changed landscape since the birth of the league, they just finished their 25th season. And um, as with all leagues, including men's leagues, which, you know, sometimes we have a hard time remembering this because men's leagues are so ingrained. There's a real ramp up, you know, that takes a, it takes quite a while to to build the base, to build the model, to really understand the audience, the marketplace. And it's just a really great time right now for the WNBA. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in a bit. But let me also ask you what this expansion means for basketball fans more broadly, not specifically women's sports fans. If you like basketball, you probably like the WNBA because the WNBA is it's a really pure form of basketball. I was at Warriors Access talking to some of the players the day that it was announced we were getting a team and they rattled off the names of some of these fantastic players that are becoming household names and that you know, just how skilled they are. It's and, and everyone who has a kid who's interested in basketball, this is kind of a cliche to say, but it's true, should should go watch WNBA games because they play a fun, much more fundamental style of basketball as opposed to, you know, the NBA, which are these athletes that, you know, only a handful of people in the universe can do the things that NBA athletes do in terms of the dunking and the house, how big they are. But WNBA is, I would say, probably a more relatable form of basketball and for basketball purists, maybe a more true form. Hmm. Let's talk about the Bay Area a bit. WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert called the Bay Area a hub for women's sports. And she also said there's a very good problem to have here in that the local talent pool is very rich. Is she right? Sure, she's right. And she's mostly right thanks to Tara Vandiver. I mean, we have, you know, the greatest women's basketball coach in history. 
coaching here, you know, the most winningest coach who's built a program that has stood the test of time and has taught generations about, you know, the beauty of the game and has had some of the best players to ever, you know, play the game come through Stanford. And her influence can be seen throughout the region. You know, Stanford has an incredibly loyal fan base. It was one of the reasons that way, way back a million years ago, Joe Lakeup and the startup ABL thought that the Bay Area would be a fantastic place for a women's ba- professional basketball team. That didn't last too long, and we can talk about that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that there's a lot of basketball talent. I mean, you can argue that Sabrina Inescu is one of the, the best you know, handful of players in the league, and she came out of Danville. And I think that... Uh, There's a long tradition here. Yeah, let's talk about the ABL. This WNBA expansion is not the first time that the Bay Area has had a women's basketball team. And in fact, Warriors owner Joe Lacob played a role there as well. Can you tell the story of the American Basketball League and what happened to the San Jose Lasers? So in in 1996, in the lead up to the 1996 Olympics, there was a desire to create more interest and perhaps a professional league in women's basketball. And Tara Vandiver was the coach of the Olympic team. And Team USA kind of went on this barnstorming tour around the country and actually around the world playing game after game because they needed the competition. They really were intent on winning a gold medal in Atlanta, an American Olympics. And they played to these sold out stadiums everywhere. And it really created an enormous amount of interest. It was really kind of this galvanizing moment for the sport. And coming out of that, there was an idea for a professional league. And the first boots on the ground were the ABL, which was a startup league. And Joe Lacob was one of the investors in it. And he was the primary investor in the franchise that was here, which was the San Jose Lasers. But there was always talk that the NBA was not going to let some other entity come in and control a league. And while the ABL started first, they started right after the Olympics and they had most of the players from Team USA, most of the gold medalists were playing in the ABL. The WNBA pretty much, you know, it was it was a David and Goliath story and it became pretty clear pretty quickly that that the ABL was not going to survive in the wake of this other league that launched and started poaching players with better salaries and And eventually all the players from the ABL did go to the WNBA and the ABL was no more. But the San Jose Lasers were fun and they played down at San Jose State and they and they drew good crowds. And I think that they did prove that there was a market here and that those were vastly different times. So the market is is only different, only more sophisticated, only more ready after a 25 year absence. We'll talk about what's changed in those 25 years and where women's basketball is today after a quick break. Before we go, though, we've got a special request for you. As part of our coverage of the run-up to next year's election, we want to hear how political debates in the Bay Area are impacting your life. Have your personal relationships been strained by debates over homelessness policy? Has the NIMBY versus YIMBY rhetoric created friction in your social circle? Which local issues have become the most divisive? If you've got a story to tell, shoot us an email at fifth at sfchronicle.com or give us a call at 415-777-6156. You could end up in a future show. 
You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. And Killian, you were saying that women's basketball and sports in general have really been on the upswing. This new expansion team will be part of the Warriors franchise, and Warriors owner Joe Lacob has said basically the same thing. He said it's a different time now for women's basketball than it was five or ten years ago, and that the league is poised to take off in a different way. But I also read he lost something like $10 million on the San Jose Lasers back in the day. He's now in a very different position. What's changed? Well, one one thing that's changed is Joe Lacob's wallet. I mean, he's an extremely rich man, thanks to the Warriors. And yeah, $10 million was probably, as he says, was a lot for him to lose back then. It wouldn't be much for him to lose right now. What has changed is, like we talked about at the beginning, a a 25-year track record of a league that, you know, had hiccups and bumps along the way, um, tried to figure out what were the right markets. There were teams that were in certain markets. I mean, Sacramento had a WNBA team for years, a very popular team called the Monarchs. Um, And, you know, they folded. Teams have moved. But what's happened, and it's happened with women's sports overall, including the collegiate tournament, is we've seen that it's undervalued. And so all of a sudden now the the business world is seeing the value in women's sports. You know, men's sports has been built out. So there's it's basically there's nowhere left to go, really. Women's sports is still a growing entity. And it was funny because the pandemic was a really good thing for the WNBA. Got a lot of eyeballs on the WNBA and they had really great ratings and they keep growing. They have two owners with very deep pockets who happen to be the two teams that are in the final. And they're showing that if you put all this money in, you get these incredible results and you have packed stadiums and you have all this interest and your your players are really well known and the players are getting big sponsorships. It's a completely different landscape than it was in 1996 when because a team had won a gold medal and there was a lot of enthusiasm, a league was launched off that moment in time. This isn't a moment in time. This is the proof of a quarter century of growth. Yeah, and Joe Lacob and the Warriors are you know, bringing a lot of resources to this WNBA team. How important do you think that's going to be to their success? Well, I think it's huge. It's the reason that, that the Warriors were, if they were interested, they were always going to get this franchise, even though there was talk that, you know, the other entities in Oakland were interested in bringing a team to Oakland. But what the WNBA is looking for right now is the owner with the deepest pockets, the owner that can provide a, a really fine world-class arena to play in, the owner that can give a team its dead own dedicated practice facilities you know, it's crazy to think, but some of these teams still like work out at, at college facilities or they work out at, a, at recreation facilities. Yeah. The Warriors still have their Oakland facilities, which are very nice. Their Oakland offices, that's where this team will be headquartered. That's where they will practice. And it's, it's really crazy to think that a lot of these teams don't even have dedicated f- practice facilities still, even though they're professional, professional league. So Joe Lacob and the backing of the Warriors can bring a lot in terms of stability and resources. And just plus the Warriors are one of the premier franchises in all of American sports. And I think the WNBA, that's that's the kind of product and brand they want to be affiliated with. 
like I said, what the WNBA is looking for is deep pockets, stability, resources, facilities. And Joe Lacob and his group, uh, you know, they, they bring all of that. They're also pretty confident. I mean, Joe Lacob is already promising in the next five years they'll get a championship. He's promised that before and made good on that promise. And the Bay Area, I mean, loves the Warriors. Do you think that he's right? And do you think that that'll mean, you know, a really dedicated, excited fan base? I think I had to remind Joe Lacob that when he made that claim when he bought the Warriors that he inherited a guy named Steph Curry. Um, (laughs) So that kind of made a difference. But you know, I have learned over the years not to underestimate Joe Lycup too much because when he says something, he usually ends up doing it. Sometimes like building mm-hmm. an arena it takes a little bit longer than maybe he's, he thought it would. But winning a first championship with the Warriors took a lot less time than most of the rest of us thought it would. I think how he goes about building a team or who he ha- hires as a general manager goes about building a team will depend on all these technical things like the expansion draft and what kind of players are going to become available in an expansion draft. What will the regular draft look like? What, I mean, but there is, there is just this torrent of great players coming out of college Mm. in the next couple of years, his ability to, to cash in on that promise of winning a, a championship in five years depends on how this team gets off the ground in terms of its personnel but am I going to say they're going to be as popular as the Warriors? No, but but no. <laughs> do do, uh, do I think that they'll be popular and successful? I do, and and I think to hear guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson talk about their excitement of you know having the top women basketball players in the world playing in their building along with with them is you know it it just goes to show how well regarded this league is and how much enthusiasm there is among people who know basketball and people who have been hungry for a women's team. The team doesn't have a name yet. There's already been a lot of suggestions, a lot of speculation. SF Gate had a story with some ideas. Uh, Some of them are kind of cringy. I don't know. Maybe some of these, these have a chance. I wanted to get your reaction. It'll probably have Golden State in it, but there's also suggestions like reviving the monarch's name. I've seen the fog and the painted ladies suggested, maybe the seals. Do you have a preference or is there anything that it would be on your veto list? Well, anything that says ladies would be on my veto list um, because that is like kind of a throwback to a sad time where, you know, women were barely allowed to play and everything had to be the lady somebodies. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm quite sure Golden State will be in the name. I mean, it's so funny because Golden State went from being something that, you know, people would say, where's Golden State? Like, we don't even understand to being like now one of the most powerful brand names in in all of sports. I would vote for the Golden State Oaks because... Oaks hmm. are tall and they're beautiful and they're a symbol of California. And it would also be a nice little uh, throwback and tip of the hat to Oakland. So that's my idea. But I have no idea what what they might have up their sleeve. Sadly, you don't make the rules after all. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I only think I do. Thank you so much, Anne. Thanks for having me. Anne Killian is a sports columnist. Find her work at sfchronicle.com. The Fifth and Mission team includes executive producer and host Cecilia Lay, producer Keith Manconi, audio engineer Gary Baca, and editor Sarah Feldberg. I'm Laura Wenis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>